Hello everyone and welcome to this episode of What's the Tease? Today's guest is the them fatale of burlesque, Moscato Sky. Welcome to the What's the Tease stage, Moscato. Hello, thank you for having me. So firstly, I'd have to say congratulations on earning a crown as princess at Miss Exotic World 2022. Oh my gosh, thank you. It's so exciting. I'm still still riding the high. I can't imagine. Um, it was so amazing for us because obviously it's a dream to attend the Burlesque Hall of Fame weekender one day. Um, but it was so awesome that they decided to do the streaming of the Saturday night event um, this year. So we were up at like 5 a.m. on a Sunday morning, ready to watch four hours of Burlesque. Oh my God, that blows my mind. No, I was so happy when I saw that they were streaming. I only discovered that like, the Thursday that I got into Vegas and I was like, okay, send this to my partners, send this to my family, like send it to my besties. Like, mm. Who can I get to watch this? <laughs> yeah, no, it was absolutely amazing. And also, even though it was, you know, streaming and on a virtual platform, I definitely felt the live element of it. You know, and so like to be able to see you do that specific performance and how well you did, I was a not surprised when you took home one of the titles. Be rooting for you to take home one of the titles. So like seriously, congratulations! That was well worth it. Well worth every single effort that you put into just preparing for that competition. Thank you. I I received that so fully. I really. I was so stoked to like share that art, share my art on that platform at that level. And I know how much, how much it means to our industry, you know, to be on that stage. And, you know, I don't take it lightly. I don't take it lightly that I was the trans, the first trans femme person to be on that stage. So it, it really did just mm -hmm. <sighs> fulfill so much of what I wanted to do on that stage. Cool. So we'll chat more about that later. But for now, what I'd love to do is find out more about your journey and what led to this moment. So you grew up in El Paso, Texas, where you discovered dance when auditioning for your high school's color guard. Oh my gosh. So <laughs> for those of us outside of the US schooling system, what comprises the dance element of the color guard? Um, so in high school, I... <laughs> <laughs> Such a funny beginning. Um, so the Color Guard is basically a group of um, dancers, basically like running around the marching band um, at the halftime shows, at football games, and you know we have our own little competitions here and there. But the majority of our time was spent, you know, like <laughs> dodging band members and you know learning how to move our bodies alongside the band while spinning six foot flags, um, wooden rifles, and metal sabers. So we were really, our focus was on the props, but my instructor was a dancer first, and she always, always wanted us to be able to make sure that our bodies looked refined and looked like they knew what they were doing before holding a six-foot pole. Um, so that kind of inspired me right away. I just... Um, 
fell in love with movement at an early age. My Both my brothers growing up who were older than me were in the marching band and I thought that's what I needed to do. Like I started playing saxophone in middle school and was like, okay, I guess I'll be a musician. But once I got to high school, I realized like, no, that's not my thing. But I still wanted to be around that group of people in high school because that's where all my friends were. So I auditioned for the color guard and yeah, fell in love with the dance aspects. Um, somehow I convinced myself I needed to be a dancer mm-hmm. <laughs> for my mm-hmm. career, just off of like enjoying dancing. So I decided I was going to try and find a dance school to attend. And that's how I kind of just like dove in. I just tried to take a few classes here and there. Honestly, I was 16 when I started Color Guard. Mm-hmm. I didn't really get dance training until I was about 19 when I got into college. Um, here in Seattle. Mm-hmm. How was your experience in the Color Guard um, a good introduction for you into the performing arts? So at that time, I knew I wanted to be an artist of some sort. I was just convinced I wanted to do art. I loved theater and music. I loved everything I could get my hands on just because I that was who I was as a child. I loved artistic things. I, lo- I had this fantasy in my head of just like, doing some sort of art for a living Mm -hmm. (laughs) as an adult and getting out of El Paso. I just knew that was my goal. So once I got into Color Guard, once I found dance as a base for me, I just, something inside me knew that I needed to do that. So yeah, I auditioned for a few college uh, dance programs. And as soon as I got into the, the Cornish College of the Arts dance department here in Seattle, I knew that is where... That's where I needed to be. I just, I had never been to Seattle. I'd never visited or done a tour of the school, but I don't know, something called me out here and I just, I just listened. Amazing. So after high school, when you relocated to Seattle um, to study dance and then of course earn yourself a BFA in dance uh, from Cornish College of the Arts, it was at Cornish where you studied neo-burlesque theory and performance under the instruction of Cherry Manhattan. Was this your first encounter with burlesque or did you have any prior experience of this? That was my first introduction. I mean, I think many of us saw the Christina Aguilera and Cher movie, but, Mm -hmm. you know, that wasn't, that didn't tell me anything really. But I had a classmate who had been taking the class and I just like heard her rehearsing in a studio and she just brought up the fact that she was taking this class and I... It just sparked my interest and I was like, okay, I need to be in that. And that class fills up so fast, like Mm -hmm. so quickly at Cornish. So I actually ended up taking the last spot in the semester that I signed up for it. And it was kind of a, hey, I'm going to be coming from a different campus. Is it okay if I always arrive 10 minutes early, uh, late? I mean, it it was just (laughs) really like it was meant to be. And once I got into that class... Oh, I was just hooked. Um, we had a couple of field trips to some local shows here in Seattle. I think mm-hmm. my first was the Atomic Bombshells mm-hmm. Valentine's Day show. And, you know, I saw so many performers who are Seattle burlesque icons, you know, and who are now like my dear friends. And I really, really do love that that was my first experience in burlesque. It just it really latched onto me. And I don't know, I just saw a space that I knew that I would be able to like 
create for myself, you know, and create art for me and for for people who <laughs> don't quite fit into a box. Mm-hmm. I mean, firstly, I love that there is a burlesque class offered at a performance arts um, tertiary institution, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, also, Seattle being like quite a, a a city that I feel like has always been like has always put alternative art forms in the like in the forefront, you know. Um, mm-hmm, so it mm-hmm. kind of sounds fitting. But at this burlesque class, that is where you actually met members of Mod Carousel, um, oh which you gosh. joined <laughs> as an intern and then in 2016 was promoted as a member of the troupe. So is this where Moscato Extatique was born? Yes. Well, in the class, that's where, where Moscato Extatique was born. Um, so the Luminous Praia was a guest speaker on a little panel of local burlesque performers during the class. And Lumi loves to say that I was like the eager student with my notepad and all of the questions. Um, I really was. I just wanted to know so much about what it meant to be a burlesque performer. And Mod Carousel was one of the first things I had researched when I was in that class, because it was a local troupe. It was burlesquers who were movers and dancers and who really blurred the gender lines. Mm -hmm. So I was so intrigued. Um, Trojan Original is also a amazing photographer, videographer, and he was doing a pinup photo shoot for the class. So that's when I got to meet him. Mm-hmm. And then Paris Original was actually just, just so happened to be walking down the hallway of my campus. <laughs> <laughs> and I ran into him and I just said hello and like tried very hard at the time not to fangirl. <laughs> <laughs> Never works out for uh, one so well, does it? <laughs> I, I, you know, it wasn't in an elevator, so it was, it was very limited time. Yeah. <laughs> next to each other so that helped out but it's funny to think that that's where we started because now I consider them family they're they're my boys I really really do love them so much and after that class they said that my instructor had reached out to them saying that I would be a good fit for them mm-hmm. um that they should keep their eyes out for me so they basically mm-hmm. just asked me for a video of my performance um from the class and all I had was a really bad quality like rehearsal video from like our our um, dress rehearsal under fluorescent lights and I was like well that's what they're getting and bless their souls they saw potential and they were like yeah we can hire you as an intern and ever since then I've just been a part of them I think it wasn't until I graduated college um, a few years later that they um, I guess promoted me to a, a member and the funny thing is, when I did start, I was only 20 years old. Oh, wow. And the drinking age here is 21. Mm-hmm. So they were like, we're not going to put you in a show until you're 21. So, you know, we've got time. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, you know, as I waited for that, I was actually like a few producers in Seattle, like hired me for shows in the city that I would mm-hmm. have to get snuck into <laughs> because mm-hmm. I wasn't of age. Wow. So it was, it was very funny. <laughs> Those are very cool beginnings. What is the inspiration behind, or what was the inspiration behind the name Moscato Extatique at the time? My name was, it was so 
hard for me to decide. I think I had a lot of variations of Moscato's last name and even like, is Moscato the right name? And at the time, I did really enjoy Moscato as my favorite wine. I mm-hmm. was a young, you know, college student who loved sweet drinks. And <laughs> it also kind of played into my muggle name at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, True. And Extatique, Extatique came from, um, it was actually a, a dance piece I had been in in my uh, sophomore year, uh, that earlier year of college, called Absinthe Extatique, choreographed by one of my professors, Wade Madsen, who is basically just the most magical professor you'll ever have <laughs> in a college mm-hmm. setting, let alone a dance setting. And the piece was a like an electro swing, modern contemporary dance number with like tap and jazz. And it was just this like piece that asked the dancers to create these personas who were out on the town back in the twenties, but like just having this huge party night together. And we were just such a cohesive cast who just like bonded so quickly. And our personas that we created out of that were just so, like effervescent larger than life and for some reason I just still was so hooked onto that like idea of this like effervescent effervescent being that I wanted to carry that on and investigate that and see who they were Mm -hmm. so Ecstati came from that number You now go by Moscato Sky so may I inquire as to the reason for this name evolution? Yeah for the longest time this has actually been on my mind, the, the name change, I guess. For the longest time, I was feeling like I was outgrowing ecstatique. I mm-hmm. felt as, as big of a word, as big of a, a sounding word it is, it, it just didn't quite fit my persona as much anymore. Mm. Ecstatique means ecstatic. It, it just has this very vibrancy and electricity to it, which... I do think I possess on stage, you know. Mm-hmm. However, my persona, my my... My stage presence has definitely transformed. I find myself, um, but now I see myself more as a mysterious, darker, like them fatale, mm-hmm. ethereal being that is just a little more grounded, a little more sure of themselves and mm-hmm. confident, sensual. And I don't know, I just, I feel like a lot, a lot more divine in my presence and energy, not just as a, I guess, performer, an artist or a character, but just as a human in this yeah. world. Yeah. And it sounds like actually, a beautiful place to be as a person. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's been a lot of growth. There's been a lot of growth in the last few years, a lot of time alone that really allowed me to question a lot of avenues of my identity. And, mm. and really the, the main core of that change did come from um, my decision to start a medical transition. Mm-hmm. Um, I started taking HRT just about a year ago last mm-hmm. weekend. And, you know, that had its own journey, that had its own uh, investigation of, you know, what I want and who I am. And I chose a new. Um, muggle name I chose a new name to go by offstage oh wow um and that name that that name is Sky yeah and when I made that decision I was with a group of a small group of friends and we were having a a a conversation just about names and identities and we were talking about our human names that we Mm. walk through the world with Mm. and 
my dear friend Kayla, Kayla Bailey, who's also an artist and a wonderful musician here in Seattle, she just asked me like, have you ever thought about just changing your name? And I, at the moment I was like, yeah, but not really. I don't have anything in mind. And she was like, well, what would you choose? Like, if you just had to say something right now, what would uh -huh. it be? And the name Sky came out. And she just looked at me with these beautiful, this, this like wonderful look that she has when she's around people she loves. And she just like said, oh, Moscato Sky. Yeah. And it just planted that seed in my brain. And since, since that moment, like, I was like, I think that's what I need to do. I think that's the right choice. I think it makes sense to have that name in my day-to-day -day life, but mm -hmm. it just still sounded like a boozy cocktail that would be presented <laughs> on stage, and I liked that. <laughs> Which is also not a bad idea. <laughs> you know what I mean? Dirty Martini, one of the greatest names in burlesque. <laughs> and, like, Dirty was definitely one of those people who I saw her name was like, yeah, I like the, the boozy-sounding names, you know, as, as, as often as people are like, maybe don't choose an alcohol. I'm like, well, nobody's walking around with the name Moscato, so yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe, it's, it, maybe it works. But I also learned the term skyclad as, like, a pagan ritual that um, is, like, dancing naked out doors out in nature and mm -hmm. and I was like that seems fitting I'm a, I'm a little witchy I'm a little <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's funny I, that's... It, just, it seemed to oh go ahead oh no I was just gonna say like um having never you know this is the first time we're meeting mm -hmm. but having followed your career and you know being a person of interest and also wanting to, you know, have all these great visions uh, of, of collaborating with some of my favorite burlesque artists from around the world and various levels all the time. Mm -hmm. um, so I am familiar with your journey, but like when I saw Moscato Sky, something in me felt that that was part of like you in your, how you now choose to move in your everyday as well as your on stage. Like, and that's also why I wanted to ask, I mean, not, you know, I just like, not that I wanted to be like, am I right or anything? Um, it was more like out of interest because like, I don't know where that thought came from. I was like, I feel like this is definitely part of, you know, this individual's journey. And, and, and it's actually, it felt like, a, um, like we've come to a place of resolution now where they they both exist in the same mm. world, you know? So, oh, very interesting. Yeah. No, I think that touches my heart so much because, yeah, I mean, thank you for seeing that. I think I don't, I don't make decisions lightly. I mm. put a lot of thought into everything I do and something as big as a, of a name change yeah. really, really was such a, a nerve wracking thing for me. And I just wanted to make sure it was the name I wanted, you know, and and I had people like honestly like Inga who like changed mm. her name like tw a couple times, you know, in the time that I've known her, f trying to find what fit for her, and just mm -hmm. seeing someone else do that, I was like, oh yeah, mm -hmm. I get to do this. <laughs> yeah, we are ever evolving beings, you know. <laughs> exactly, and and I've always said that Moscato is just an exaggeration of of sky and. Mm -hmm. That it just made sense to just kind of link the two. Yeah, no, that makes a world of sense. As well as being one fourth of the formidable boylesque troupe, Mod Carousel, you've also been a member of Ali Bois. 
don't know if I'm saying that right, but I'm, I'm kind of <laughs> I'm weighing it here. Um, which is a non-profit uh, organization creating innovative and accessible artistic experiences and the House of Verlaine, an assemblage of daring classical artists. Has been a part of these dance collectives developed your performance pieces as Moscato Sky and in the burlesque realm? Absolutely. I think everything, everything that I've been a part of has influenced my art in some way. And LED uh, Boise, it was based out of Boise, Idaho, yes. um, was a dance company that I got to dance for for a season. And it was wonderful. It was exciting. It was the art we were creating was just so entertaining. And it really did collide these avenues of live music dance storytelling and even like dance film um which mm-hmm. <laughs> came into play much later once you know the pandemic really hit us we had to shift gears but I, I i think i was drawn to that work because of how much it was a storytelling dance company because of a it was kind of just dramatic and showy and i really appreciated that um and house of verlaine as well as uh, Verlaine and McCann uh, mm-hmm. Presents, which is a local production company. They hired me early on in my burlesque career, so it was a great space for me to really investigate who Moscato is on stage mm-hmm. while putting on other characters, while doing other people's work. Mm-hmm. Um, that company, those two companies, um, really influenced me in the way that, you know, they, they had some of, big, some of the big hitters of Seattle Burlesque on their stages. Um, so I got to be around these performers, just like Mod Carousel. I was like learning by being adjacent to, by watching, you know, watching them rehearse, watching them choreograph, watching them on stage every night. Like it just really informed me as to like what their process was, how they created, how they thought about movement and striptease and storytelling. Mm-hmm. Um, but getting to see them actually <laughs> do their magic on stage and every night, you know, present something a little bit different. It just, ugh, it, I, I, I'm a sponge and I, I love to learn by <laughs> doing, by, by watching. So mm-hmm. in so many ways, like just being around these artists allowed me to just investigate the art form further. And I love learning. I love being able to gather information and investigation is one of the best parts about art. I don't know if a lot of people think about art in that way, but mm-hmm. we're really just like investigating <laughs> these ideas that we decide to, to dig into when, when we go into the studio. And, and I've always thought of burlesque as something that continues to evolve on stage. You know, it doesn't mm-hmm. really come to its full form until we have an audience because we are exchanging energy. We are exchanging something when we are on stage. So yeah, I, I, I think that every company, every entity that I've worked for has really allowed me to, yeah, just investigate my own art and my own approach to art. Awesome. I mean, I resonate with that feeling of investigation of like your art form or whatever it is that you do in life, you know, that interests you. I remember, do you remember there was this TV show once called, uh, I think it was called Heroes? Something. Oh my God, yeah. 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 And like all the characters had all these different powers, you know, we were so used to like Marvel and DC and sort of, Mm -hmm. you know, laser eyes and whatever it may be. 
Um, but what I loved about that show is that it took the idea of powers and like really expanded it. And I remember there was a character mm -hmm. that I like felt like resonated a lot with me. And that was the one that could, you know, just by looking at someone do a specific skill was able to replicate that skill, you know, like they absorbed <laughs> yes. it and then was able to do it. And I thought, you know what? That's it. Anybody want to ask me that question in an interview? That's going to be my answer. <laughs> oh, that is brilliant. I absolutely adore that. Yes. No, I think, yeah. I mean, hey, maybe it is a superpower. <laughs> I mean, it takes a lot more practice, but yeah. yeah. In reality, yeah. you know, us as humble human beings, um, yeah, it, it's going to take those 10,000 hours, is it? Oh, my God. <laughs> mm. Oh, my goodness. You know, like, it really is a whole lot of work. You know, not just to our craft but you know as, as we as many artists will tell you like it's a lot of work at a computer it's a lot of work planning mm -hmm. and all that nonsense but honestly like as artists like we get to experience life we get to experience the world in a very exciting way we have such a different lens that we look at things and I don't know you know if you're a performer you get to get on stage and do something that a lot of humans don't really ever get to experience and mm -hmm. And that is such a euphoric feeling to get on stage and just hold an audience and carry them through, you know, however long that you have them for. But mm -hmm, you just mm -hmm. have this beautiful energy that builds and comes in waves. And, you know, it's it's different every time. But I think it's something that is truly ugh, magical. 100%. You have described yourself as a queer, hyperfeminine, androgynous artist, and in a Dance Crush interview stated that many performers go to burlesque because it is liberating. What has been your personal liberation through the art of burlesque? <sighs> wow, that is, ugh, I feel like there's been so many and it continues to, to mm -hmm. happen. I think burlesque is that art form that has truly changed my life, but... I think the biggest thing is that burlesque has allowed me to investigate my gender identity in a way that has just felt so organic and patient. Um, from day one, actually, my friend Lily Verlaine, who is part of uh, uh, the Verlaine McCann production team and the artistic director and director of House of Verlaine, mm -hmm. um, from day one of hiring me for the Burlesque Nutcracker, she asked me, how does Moscato present on stage? Are they genderqueer, you know, are, are they actually like female on stage? Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, that's a great question. No one has ever asked me that before, especially in a dance setting. Like, you know, in dance settings, I always do a very binary way of existing on stage mm -hmm. and oh, everyone always expected me to be one thing, so. That question really, mm, I felt seen. I felt mm, respected mm. in such a different way. And I immediately answered like, oh, Moscato is gender fluid on stage. Like they're, yeah, I think they're non-binary mm -hmm. on stage. And because I had mentioned earlier, like Moscato has always been an amplification of me. It took me a while to realize like, oh, that means I'm fluid as hell. That means I'm non-binary. Oh, that means I'm trans. Oh, mm -hmm. and it took me years to like, just kind of unravel that a bit. And burlesque was that place where I was allowed to just, again, investigate that and play with that. And 
see the many forms of hyperfemininity of being able to bend gender in ways that are influenced by so many things like art and culture and politics and everything. I, I felt like I just did so much work on stage that when I was off stage in my everyday life, I think I started to miss the femininity. I started to miss <laughs> that power that I felt on stage. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't, you know, I, 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 you know, had identified as non-binary for years and years, but it wasn't until, you know, the <laughs> global lockdown mm-hmm. that not having a stage, not having the time to actually be Moscato, <laughs> really, ugh, it really hit. It really made me realize, like, oh, this is a part of me that like exists off stage. Oh, this is this is just me. I am much more trans than I thought I was. <laughs> so, yeah, it, it burlesque allowed me to like free myself of this idea of gender, this gender that I was assigned to, you mm-hmm. know, that did not fit me at all, and that, you know. You know, some therapy throughout the last few years has also yeah. <laughs> helped me unlock a lot of things. Um, but yeah, I think burlesque was that key to to me just freeing myself and allowing myself to begin the healing and begin this love for myself and and be able to 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 find her and bring her out and let her kind of take um, the wheels and 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 live life loudly and just receive the love that I know that she deserves and yeah <laughs> oh, thank you that's beautiful in 2019 you were accepted to compete for best debut and best boylesque mm-hmm. at Behoff mm-hmm. and became the first trans femme non-binary performer in that category in 2020 you were crowned duchess at the noir pageant and then most yes. recently made history once again by competing in the Queen's category for Miss Exotic World in 2022 at Behoff. So what has been the most significant part of your journey in performing on these platforms and receiving these accolades? You know, every step of that journey, hearing that like said to me is, <laughs> makes me like all hot and like, ah! <laughs> Like, so proud and so, like, oh, wow, yeah, I guess, yeah, I have done all that. That's that's insane and wonderful and so beautiful. And every, every step of that journey, I've had the most amazing support system around me. And, and like I said, like, I don't, I don't make decisions lightly. I don't just, <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I put a lot of thought into everything I do. And every step of that journey, I knew that I really wanted to... One, share my art on these platforms because that that has been one of my main goals is to like share my art as much as many places as, as I can. And I know that the Noir Pageant and the Burlesque Hall of Fame are these platforms that are respected by our burlesque community, by our burlesque industry. Are like in the highest and, of, you know. Mm-hmm, yeah. Exactly. So that for one is something I'm so proud of because I'm an artist first and foremost and I live and breathe that. But I think what I'm most proud of is sharing myself, my <laughs> all of the intersections of who I am as a Latinx, 
um, genderqueer, sensual, sexual, polyamorous, like human in this world, queer as hell. Like, I want all of those intersections to be seen when I'm on that stage and I want people who may identify in some sort of similar way to see themselves on stage because I, I didn't really see myself anywhere. And I think that can easily put someone off and, and make someone feel like, okay, well, I'm not invited here. I'm not, uh, I don't see myself represented, so I can't take part. But although those were thoughts I had, I kind of just pushed them aside and said, fuck that, I belong. Like, I deserve space. Mm -hmm. And not only do I deserve it, like, I know I am at the caliber of these artists, you know, and I know that I have something to say. So being able to step on those stages and to share my art again, it just, it fulfilled me in so many ways because <laughs> I got to accomplish those missions while sharing so many <laughs> significant things of who I am as a human as, and as an artist. And I just really wanted to prove that trans people are divine as hell and mm -hmm. we are more than capable and we are more than worthy. Mm -hmm. Awesome. <laughs> So with your police career on such a high, what's next for Moscato Sky? Mm, yeah, that's a fabulous question. In the last two years, like that question has always like been such a hard question to answer because oh, it's so hard to plan out months in advance nowadays. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like before, I used to be someone who's like, oh yeah, I've got bookings up till next year and. I guess I kind of do have bookings months out, but I got so used to things being canceled so easily that... <laughs> what a terrible thing I, get to get used to things being canceled. Oh, man. Isn't that sad? That isn't is, that sad? Yeah. I mean, still this year, like, I've, I was supposed to have a gig next month that I was super stoked about in New York, and I was like, oh, damn, that didn't happen. Mm. Okay, maybe next year. But, you know, I think on a broader scale, I... One, I want to continue pushing myself to create the best art that I can create. And not even with the intention of like, how can I make something mm -hmm. incredibly, you know, jaw dropping. Like, I think it's about creating the art that I want to create that allows me to expand mm -hmm. just what I know I'm capable of. Um, so that's always been one goal, but I want to continue traveling. I want to go overseas I want to see the world and right before the pandemic I had my first European tour planned out with the Luminous Praia and mm -hmm. we were supposed to hit up a lot of of Europe but yeah that's still a goal I want to like continue taking my art across the globe I want to meet people I want to headline shows more eventually I know I will want to produce on my own a bit more mm -hmm. um and put on bigger shows I love producing with Mod Carousel and we will continue to do that. And I think um, that is something I'm looking forward to, to seeing how we continue to evolve as a troupe. Mm -hmm. um, and I love educating. You know, I got to teach at the Academy of Burlesque mm -hmm. uh, while it still had a physical space here in Seattle. And that taught me a lot in terms of how much I, I do love sharing my knowledge and passion of this art form. So. I think I'm just beginning, honestly. Like, I'm about eight years in, but there's so much I want to do, you know? And I, I've been crossing over a lot more into the drag scene here in Seattle, mm -hmm. um, performing in those spaces and being received so beautifully and with such 
excitement and open arms and I'm finding, you know, my community there as well. So mm-hmm. I, again, I just feel like there's so much to discover and I just hope that Moscato will continue to be a source of inspiration for others mm-hmm. and continue breaking down ideas of what we think burlesque can be. Yes, that's very exciting. Um, and I love that expansiveness of community as well um, in your art mm-hmm. form. In closing, Moscato, where can we follow and support the work that you're doing so we don't miss out on a beat? Oh, you can follow me on Instagram, um, Moscato Sky, um, Facebook, I'm on there too. I don't really... <laughs> log on a lot I just kind of do that like easy like oh also post to Facebook since it's connected to Instagram um I do have a newsletter that I'm getting back into that is on my website moscatosky.com um my link tree is listed on my social media so that's usually where you'll find new shows and other classes and whatnot Mm -hmm. but yeah I mean those are the two the 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 few main sources um if if you want (laughs) I feel funny advertising this, but if you want spicier content, not for the faint of heart, I do have an OnlyFans that, you know, I mean... And is that also Moscato Sky? That is is Moscato Sky, yes. No, wait, hold on. That is Moscato XXO, I think. I could be wrong. My brain is so fried with (laughs) online things, honestly. Is it in the link tree? It is in the link tree. There Again, not for the faint of heart. Mom, dad, don't go certain for that. Any family, <laughs> y'all stay away. Mm, we, we, don't, we don't need any of that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, brilliant. So everybody knows you can be found everywhere that you want to be found. Yeah, I'm, I'm not a hard one to find. So just a quick Google search and I'm there. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you, Moscato Sky. It certainly has been a pleasure to interview the 2022 Princess Miss Exotic World. Though you've achieved so much already in your burlesque career, you being out there on stage and representing who you are just shows the other people who are out there feeling like they are not seeing Like, we see you, and thank you for that. So thank you once again, Moscato Sky, for joining me on this episode of What's the Tease? Thank you so much. It's been such a joy.